Good morning. On the phone, I have Tony Gugusberg. He is the owner of the Gugusberg Tree Farms over in New Ulm. Good morning. Good morning to you. And uh, this is probably your busiest time of year, I'm guessing. Um, yes, it is. With the trees, uh, everybody's getting excited right now. You want to get the tree up, you know, for the Christmas season here. So um, last weekend was very busy, and this weekend is also another very busy weekend. Now, I read an article recently that there was a, a Christmas tree shortage, and it was specifically out of California. Is that affecting us here in the Midwest? Well, it, it is because some of those growers, because they have shortage of trees um, out in the West Coast, they have been reaching out to some of the growers in the Midwest um, trying to purchase some of their trees. And, you know, the thing about growing trees is we have to predict 10 years from now what people want. And, and 10 years ago, people kind of had cut back on planting, and, and now the effects are here that uh, we're having a little bit of shortage. But, I mean, there's still a good number of trees out there. It's just that there's not an abundance of them. What are the main reasons? I know there's th- something called needle drop I've heard about, and there's been other things. Has it been mainly tree diseases that has prevented or caused this problem? Sometimes some of the diseases can affect it. The other thing is insect. If uh, oh. a grower gets a big insect problem in it, it can totally wipe out your whole crop of trees. And like I just said, mentioned that if you lose your big trees that you're ready to market um, and you have to replant some, Again, you're waiting that 8 to 10 years to, to get those trees ready for market. Now, how do you replenish? I read somewhere it said for every tree that someone cuts, they plant, you guys plant three. Is that true, or is that something else I maybe am mixing um, up? Well, some places it is. We try to plant two for every we cut. Okay. Uh, just because the fact that knowing that not every single tree is going to survive, and then not every tree is going to be a marketable tree. And we see a little bit uh, upswing on people wanting to purchase new live trees for Christmas, so we started planting a few extra. Okay, and how many do you go through in a year at the Gugusberg Farms over by New Elm? We'll harvest probably five to 600 trees a year. What is the the average price now? I mean, I assume it's gone up. Yeah, the price, for the average price uh, for trees generally runs about 8 to $10 a foot. And is there a common denominator in terms of usually what people buy an average? Yeah, generally they'll purchase most people will purchase a seven to eight foot tree for most homes, although um, we sell trees up to 24 feet tall. Oh, wow. For those looking for large trees. And let's talk about the different kinds of trees. I know there's all sorts of, there's spruces, there's pines, and I don't, you know, know specifics about them, but could you talk about some of the different ones and why people might choose one versus another? Sure. I grow um, eight varieties of trees, three varieties of the firs. And uh, Fraser fir is what I call the Cadillac of all firs. They're a little bit slower at growing, but the nice thing about the Fraser fir is they hold their needles so well. And the other one I grow, the other two I grow for trees is the balsam fir, which really has the nicest fragrance. And then there's a natural cross between the balsam and the Fraser called canane fir. How do you spell really that? I've nice never fir. heard of that one. That is spelled C-A-A-N-A-N. That's a new one to me. Yeah, and that's been a real popular one. Like I said, it's a, it's a natural cross between them. There is a couple of trees that I am starting to grow as young trees, and one would be a Korean fir, which is beautiful foliage. It's dark green uh, on the top, and underneath the needles are almost silver white. Oh, wow. So expect to see some more, some more of those trees in the future. Um, and then I also grow... Some of the pines, 
the white pine and the scotch pine, they have the long needles, but they hold up very well as far as the needle retention on them. How about uh, spruce? Yep, it's kind of one of those that there's still people looking for the spruce. The nice thing about spruce trees are the branches are very strong. If you are putting heavy ornaments on a tree, you can place those on the tree and not have the problem with the branches drooping or hanging. And some people love the blue spruce. They have a little bit sharper needles, but the color is beautiful once you get the tree decorated. So which is your most popular in terms of what what do people come for the most? Most people will come for the fir trees because they have short needles and they're soft and they have a nice green color. So generally, probably 75% of my sales are going to be the fir trees, either the balsam, the Fraser, or the Canadian fir. Now, you mentioned that the Fraser fir is one of the Cadillacs of, of the the trees, and it grows a little bit more slowly. So do, do you have to charge more for that, or does it all kind of even out? Yeah, they're probably going to run average 5 to $10 more for the same size tree over a balsam or oh. a Canadian fir. Can you talk about the process of growing a tree? You, I've heard you say a couple times the number 10 years, and I assume that's kind of the from planting it from a, is it a seedling or a, a seed to the tree that you want to harvest? Sure. Um, what I do is I purchase um, young transplants, which are generally about that 12 inches in size. And when I buy them, they're already four years old from a seed. So I get them. We plant everything by hand with a shovel. I just like to make sure it's good planet well. And from there, we, we hope Mother Nature provides us with water, which they did the last two years. In fact, too much for some <laughs> yeah. of them. They actually died, but they get watered. And then we keep everything mowed and kind of cleaned weed-free around each tree so it's not competing. And then once the tree reaches um, its third year after I've planted it, we start trimming them. And that's probably the most labor-intensive project there is just because We have to do that by hand, and we trim them to get them that nice shape. Otherwise, a lot of the, especially the pines, will look rather open and sparse between the branches. So when you do this, is it like your hedge trimmer that's electrified or gas run, or is this your hand pruning tool? Close. Nothing's electric. I actually use long knives. Yes, when the new growth comes on in the middle of summer, um, I actually take a knife and swing it up and down uh, along the branches, cutting the new growth back. So instead of growing, you know, a foot to 18 inches a year, we want to try to control it so it only grows six inches a year. Then your bush or your tree will get much bushier and denser from the trimming. Do you ever have to more severely prune if you've got like one that's maybe got more than one liter or something? Yeah, I'll go ahead and take out, you know, double liters and, and cut them back. So, you know, it takes a little bit of time and work to do this. And then also I should mention, though, sometimes I'll leave some of the trees, I won't even trim them, and they get what's called a very open look. Oh. So when people want a natural-looking tree, when I when they're asking for that, I know what they're they want something that has not been trimmed because they like the openness to hang ornaments and bulbs in. So I do have people that ask for those type of trees, and I do have people you know because not every tree gets picked. So obviously you know over the years I have some trees that are rather large um, that is kind of let go and let the wildlife in, live in them. You know the birds and. Uh, but the thing is, people have asked me, can I just cut the top off? It really doesn't, I don't like to do that because, one, you ruin the rest of the tree. True. Two, it's it's just taking the top off, and usually it's quite wide and not shaped very well. Uh, anything sure. else that people should know about trees? I mean, do you have to fertilize them at all or do anything you, besides just keeping them weed-free? 
yes, every year they get fertilized with a special fertilizer because, you know, I have to make sure the pH is right in the soil, the acidity for the evergreens. So I do give them all special fertilizer throughout the year. What is the pH that is good for evergreens? Generally around 6.5. I do put a sulfur fertilizer on there to lower the pH because that's typical around um, southern Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's a little harder to grow some of the fir trees without adjusting the nutrients in them. Because otherwise, they would have a difficult time growing them, and they would just be stunted. They would turn yellow. I would do that once a year, every spring. Give them, a, you know, some fertilizer and, and make sure, like I said, it's well watered in. Tony, tell people how to get to your farm. Two things. I can, I'm can. i going to give you some directions. And also, they're welcome to look on our website, uh, com. We also have a Facebook page. They can look up there for events. But otherwise, if you're going to want to come over from Mankato or any other place, we are located southwest of New Ulm, 10 miles, just off uh, County Road 24, and we have signs out. So they can certainly see the signs and then find our place. But the best would be, I know everybody likes to Google now or use GPS, mm -hmm. is to uh, find our address and, and put it in their GPS, and it'll take, a, take them right to our farm. The address is one. 7703 Grandview Road, New Ulm. Is it cut your own or do you have both cut your own and already pre-cut? I have a few pre-cut, but most people want to come cut your own. And, you know, the thing about it is uh, it's just great to see all the families come with their kids because it's really a fun activity to get outdoors and go on that tree hunt, make it a special moment and, you know, get some pictures. And it's just something that you can enjoy, and you never know what kind of tree you might be able to find out there. I'm going to ask you, Tony, as a tree farmer, what kind of tree do you usually get for your um, home use? Generally, my family prefers like a balsam fir. Okay. So, But we have had some of the other ones, too. And actually, you know, I, people always think I must pick the perfect tree. I see all the trees all summer long, so <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. I just like to you know, have whatever's there. And, you know, each unique tree is, is different. So no matter what the tree looks like, they all serve the same purpose. And you mentioned special events. Do you have any special events coming up that people might be interested in? This Saturday, we are having Santa stop by. So that'll be this Saturday, the 7th, from 12 to 2. Is Santa going to be cutting any trees? Santa will probably not be cutting. You know, he, he is so busy trying to get ready for Christmas that um, he'll just stop in and say hi. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much for talking with us, Tony. I appreciate your time. Merry Christmas to you, and I hope it all goes well. And thank you so much. You bet. Have a Merry Christmas also. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.